Come on, sing along to these words. You are, you are the, strength the strength of my life. And I lift my hands in total praise to you, to you. Come on, let's sing it out. You are, and you are the source of my strength. Yes, you are. You are the strength of my life, Jesus. And I lift my hands in total praise to you, to you. Come on, let's sing it. You are the source of my strength. You are the strength of my life, Lord Jesus. And I lift my hands in total praise to you, to you. Come on, let's sing it again. You are, and you are the source of my strength. Yes, you are, Jesus. And you are the strength of my life. And I lift my hands in total praise to you, to you. I lift, I lift, yes. And I lift my hands in total praise to you. stand with me today. Come on. I lift my hands in total praise to you, to you. Oh, yeah. You are the source of my strength. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are the strength of my life. Oh, oh, oh. Lift your hands right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church. I need you to press in this morning. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let the Holy Ghost use you right now. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you right now. Let God minister in this house. Let the angels come and minister to every need. Come on, in the name of Jesus. We declare victory by the blood in the name of Jesus. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. Oh, I declare victory in every house, in every life, in every home, in every marriage. I declare victory in every bank account. I declare victory 
I declare victory not by my name, but by the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, yeah. In total praise to you, to you. Oh, one more time. I lift my hands. I lift my my hands in total praise to you, to you. One more time, yeah, yeah. I lift my my hands in total praise to you, to you. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving and praise today, will you? Let the Holy Spirit minister to us today. Oh, come on, let's do it like we believe it today. Come on, let the Holy Ghost minister today. Ah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I serve a good God today. Amen. I serve a good God. I serve the only God. His name is Jesus. Someone shout in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm so thankful that all of you are here to our visitors. We're thankful that you've came and chosen to worship with us. It's an honor. I hope we get to meet you. I hope we get to serve you. Thank you for being here this morning. To those of you online, we're so glad you're joining us today. We pray that you will interact with us. Let us help you. Let us pray over you. And let us, Lord, just give the Lord the praise and the glory today for all he has done. Amen. Amen. It's so good to have uh, Global Grace with us today, but really to have Brother Daniel Cofield today. We love this man of God. Can we give him a hand today of thanksgiving for all that God is using him to do in our world? Amen. He, he brought with him a, a great friend. Bishop is not able to be here this morning. He's not been feeling well, uh, but he sends his love uh, and his kindness and his greetings to us. But I said, uh, we, got, we got the second best thing, right? We got a son. I, said, I know exactly how that feels, I told him. <laughs> Amen. So we're excited. You never met him, so he's going to preach for us this morning. I'm excited about hearing the man of God all the way from India this morning to come and minister the word of God today. Amen. 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 So, Brother Daniel, I want you to come today, and would you please introduce our speaker today and just say a word today. God bless you so much. Amen. Absolutely. Wow, God's good. It's one thing I love about uh, coming to Pineview. I just, I know that uh, it's a church that's always worshiping God, and God shows up when we worship Him, right? It's just so good to be here with you all. Um, you're, you're like a, a part of my family. You, you guys are so loving to me. I walk in the door, and so many of you are just so uh, excited to see me, and I'm so excited to see you. And I'm sorry my wife and children are not here with me today, so... You get the worst version of our family, but um, that, that's the truth. <laughs> but I am excited, you know, I, I, would, I would really like to thank uh, your, your pastors. Uh, when I told uh, Pastor Nix that Bishop Evans and his son Amith were going to be traveling in the U.S., he, he was so excited to invite them to come back here. And um, Bishop Evans, it, it, he's so upset that he's not able to be here uh, this morning. He's uh, just dealing with illness. Um, but he sends his love and his uh, thanks just for how much this church has been good to him. And, um, but as, as Pastor said, uh, we've got the next best thing. So 
Just to remind you, uh, since you know some of you maybe don't know and some of you may have forgotten, you know, Bishop Evans is the director of what we of what Global Grace does on the India side. So uh, you know, Christine and I are running every, everything over here in the U.S. and Bishop Evans and and now his son Amit are um, are running the ministry in India. And this includes um, the eight children's homes that you guys have been supporting for so many years now, the widows' home, the sewing institute. Uh, many other things. And Bishop and his son oversee a network of 250 churches um, and pastors. And, um, you, you know, they, they've been through so much with, with COVID. If you may recall, India got hit by, with COVID far worse than just about anywhere in the world. And I'm just really excited to, to introduce uh, him to you this morning. He's got a, a great ministry in, in, his, in himself. Amith, why don't you c- c- go ahead and come on up here? His name is Amith, and it means uh, a friend forever. And I think it's so fitting because this church has been such a friend, a friend to my family and to his family. And I'm really excited um, to establish this, this relationship. I know that I'm excited. I think this is the start of something great that um, as Bishop transitions into the later stages of his, uh, his uh, ministry, he's been serving the Lord for almost 50 years now. You know, I'm ex- really excited to introduce the, uh, this congregation, this group of people that I love so much to a dear friend of mine, and I'm excited for him to deliver the word to us this morning. So why don't you give a, a nice Pineview welcome to Amit. And, um... Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, I honor the pastor of the church. Um, uh, and on, on all the other uh, associate pastors here. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I've known Daniel for some time now, and he's a, he's a dear friend. Um, we keep uh, uh, going back and forth almost every month. We have conversations uh, about the children homes and the, and the widow homes. Um, I've heard a lot about this church. Uh, my father has told me a lot, uh, and it's, it's finally good to see you in person. Please be seated. Um, I'm going to uh, talk to you from the Word of God today. Um, I want to apologize to the people uh, uh, who put the audio-visual. Uh, I had actually prepared for something else, but when I came in the church, when I uh, uh, stood there and prayed, I felt in my spirit uh, that I had to uh, talk about another subject which the Lord has given me. And uh, uh, I am 100% sure today that I'm speaking to some of you here or some of you who are watching us online. Um, I am uh, 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 so glad uh, for this opportunity to speak from the Word of God. Before I get into the Word of God, I want to tell you uh, 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 a little something about myself. Um, I was always a preacher's kid. Uh, I was born uh, uh, into a preacher's family. Uh, I'm told I went to church even before I was born. Uh, (laughs) So um, I've always grown up in the church, and I've always seen my father on stage uh, um, talking about the Word of God and and motivating people and uh, bringing, saving them uh, in Christ. Uh, And I always kept myself away from it. Um, and I was working um, after I graduated from my engineering. I was working for 15 years. Uh, the Lord blessed me, uh, my wife, with good jobs. We have two beautiful kids. 
um, and I was very happy. It was a very comfortable life, country, in the world. Uh, but uh, last year, uh, I was working in Dubai, and uh, um, the Lord started to talk to me, and I just felt that uh, he was telling me to come back. So I pick up the phone in the middle of the night, and I call my father, and I say, Dad, I'm ready to come back. And he said, I will be the most happiest person if you come back. Uh, so he's been telling me to come back in the ministry for a very, very long time now, but I, I, I've always uh, um, said no. Uh, I have an elder brother too. Uh, he stays in Indianapolis and he works for Microsoft, so he was never coming back. Uh, so my dad had actually lost all hope that either one of us is coming back to take care of the ministry. But uh, you make plans for yourself. I had made plans for my life uh, for the next 10, 15 years, but God makes plans for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so when I came back, and I want to tell you this, this small uh, uh, testimony of mine, I want to go ahead. Uh, when I came back, uh, my father said, uh, can you, can you uh, tell the message today on Sunday? And I said, yeah, sure, I can do that. Uh, I've stood in front of crowds before when I was working. I can, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. Um, so he said, okay, go ahead and preach. So I, I got ready, I, I, I read the scriptures, and I went up on stage, and I'll, I mean, I'm not too sure if you'll believe me if I tell you, uh, there was nothing which was coming out of my mouth. Uh, people were looking at me, and I was looking back at them. And this happened for 10, 15 minutes, and I knew immediately what was wrong. I felt that I could do it by my own power. And, and, and I thought that, okay, I've got this education, I've got this training at work, I've, I've worked for 15 years before, I can do this, but this is a God thing, right? And I fell flat on my face, and, and, and I cried out to the Lord, I know I made a mistake. Please take me in your hands and forgive me for the mistake I did. And, and believe me, before, uh, uh, before I came into the ministry, I never thought that the reason I kept myself away was also because I never uh, felt that I was capable of doing this. But when you uh, uh, give yourself in the hands of the Lord, He's going to use you for, for, for being a blessing on uh, other people. So my, uh, uh, the title of my message today is The Lesson of the Loaves. Now, there's a miracle which Jesus performed, and I'm going to talk about this very, very, very special day in Jesus' life where two miracles happened. One was the feeding of 5,000 with, with, with five uh, uh, barley loaves and two fishes. The second one was the walking on water by Jesus. Now, this was a very special day in Jesus' life and a very special miracle, and I'll tell you why. This is the only miracle which is recorded in all four Gospels. This is the only miracle. It's very strange because of the number of miracles which Jesus had, has, had done in his three and a half ministry, uh, years of ministry. Right? It's, a, it's, it's the only miracle which is there in all four Gospels. Now, um, when you read these stories in different gospels, each gospel writer has omitted some parts of the story and some of them have added something. Now when you put all four gospels together and read the story, 
a beautiful picture uh, is, is, is emerges and you're able to clearly see what happened on that day. Now I'm going to talk about both these miracles. But before I talk about uh, 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 the, the feeding of 5,000, we have to look at what happened after the feeding of 5,000, which is in Mark 6, verses 45 to 52. I'm going to read it out. It says, And straight away he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on land. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea. And he would have passed by them. But when they saw him upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they had considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is the story of what followed the, 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 the feeding of 5,000. Jesus walking on water, right? Now, in verse 52, it clearly says that they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Now, what does that mean? And why is that kept there? Why, uh, why is that scripture there saying that they considered not the miracle of the loaves? Now, I want to suggest something to you that through the miracle of the loaves, Jesus was actually trying to teach something to his disciples. He was giving lessons to his disciples through that miracle so that it helps them in all the other troubles which they have in their lives. And this is the same day, remember that, right? The, the, the feeding of 5,000 and the walking on water is the same day. It's just happened after. Now, I want to tell you five lessons which Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. And if it was important for his early disciples to learn those lessons, it is important for us to know too about those lessons. It is as relevant as it was then. Now, keep your finger, finger on Mark 6 and turn to chapter 6 of John's Gospel and let's discover some of the lessons which, which, which Jesus was trying to teach. Now, um, lesson number 1 is given to us in verses 1 to 6. The, the, the context to this was that the disciples had just returned from a successful ministry which Jesus had sent them on, right? So they came back and they told Jesus all the amazing things which they did in the ministry and Jesus was, 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 wanted them to have some rest because they had a long travel and they came back and Jesus wanted them to rest. So... Jesus wanted them to go to a place where they could rest, away from the crowds. But, let's read what happens. 
Verse number one. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. So Jesus departed and he wanted his, his uh, disciples to take some rest. But a large multitude followed him. And there's something else in that scripture because they saw his miracles. Now the multitude followed him because they saw the miracles, but not because they believed in Jesus. They wanted a miracle in their lives. This group of people, of this set of people, are alive today too. We come to church, we ooh and we ah at all the things which happen around us. Oh, there's a person who got saved in that neighborhood. There's a person who got saved in that neighborhood. If I go to church, I am going to get saved or some miracle is going to happen in my life. Not because I am interested in the teachings of Jesus. So these people followed Jesus because they wanted something in their lives, not because they actually believed and not because they wanted everlasting life. Hallelujah. That group of people are alive today too. And I was one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number five. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now I want you to notice something here. Jesus knew that these people followed him because of his miracles. Jesus knew that they didn't follow him because, they, because of his teachings, but he still showed compassion on the people. He wanted to feed those people. Mark says in his gospel that Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw these people and, and when he saw them that they were hungry. They had traveled a great distance to be there, so Jesus wanted to feed them. He says that if you follow me, I'm going to feed you. You are never going to go hungry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now Luke states a fact that John had left out in his narrative. Luke uh, uh, chapter 9 verses 12. Uh, and when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and countries round about it and lodge and get victuals. For we are here in a desert place. So Luke comes over and says that, uh, uh, Jesus, we have a problem. Uh, we have a lot of people at hand. The sun is about to go down. We don't have food to feed these people. So let's just send them away. Right? So at this point in John 6, the verse which we read earlier, Jesus says, he, he, he looks, he turns to Philip and he says, what shall we do? Where shall we get bread to feed these people? Now, the question is, why Philip? Why, when there were 12 disciples, Jesus could have turned to any one of them. But Jesus turned to Philip and said, where are we going to get bread? Now, there are two reasons. One Philip was the logical one in all his disciples. He knew that, uh, Jesus knew that Philip could, could, could solve this problem logically. Two, Philip was from that area. 
He belonged to that area, so Jesus thought that he might know where to go to get food. But in verse 6, it says something else. John 6, verse 6, it says, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He just asked Philip to prove it to him. Now Jesus asked this question to Philip to test him. He wanted to put him under the test. He wanted to see what Philip was going to say. And what does Philip do? So I'm assuming Philip takes out his calculator, probably the calculator on his phone or whatever he had on that day, and starts calculating, okay, I've got 500 people, uh, this much food and, and, and all that. So he turns to Jesus and he says, even if we have wages for one year, we are not going to be able to feed them. Hallelujah. Philip, the logical one, does all the calculations and he says to Jesus that even if we have wages for one year, we are not going to be able to feed them. Lesson number one comes here. Never, never assess a difficulty with your own resources. Don't try to solve your problem with what you have at hand. Right? Um, Someone in the, in the logistics section of the army was asked a question that how much food would it take to feed the people of Israel on their way to the promised land? And the answer was 12 million pounds of food every day, every single day. Now their source of the food was not their resources, the source of the food was God. Every day, God provided 12 million pounds of food so that they could eat. Now, that problem could not have been solved with their own resources. It could only be God who can solve that problem. So when you're trying to solve a problem today, if you have a problem in your life today, don't try to solve the problem with your own resources. Put God in the middle of it. And God wanted Philip, or Jesus wanted Philip to do that. He wanted him to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, this problem is too big for me to solve. But for you, for you, it's not difficult. He wanted Philip to respond in faith. A lot of time we think that we have a problem, we are going to move in faith. Let's not trouble God about it. Let's just move in faith. I'm I want to tell you that faith is not a synonym for wishing. If we wish that something happens, Tinkerbell is not going to come put some dust on it and it's going to get solved. No. Faith is a response to the word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Jesus wanted Philip to respond in faith to him, which he did not. Now let's go further. Let's go further. In, uh, uh, in, 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 in uh, the New Testament, Philip is a classic example of somebody who's not responded to God in faith. In, in the Old Testament, if we turn to uh, um, 1 Samuel chapter 17, 
There is another example in King Saul. If you read that chapter when you get back home, King Saul had a huge and big problem in front of him. Literally big and literally huge, he had a problem called Goliath. But what did King Saul do? He tried, he, he looked at his army and he said that, is there anybody in the army who can go and kill that man? And he found not one. But there was a small boy, a bo small shepherd boy who came along and he said that I am going to go. Small boy, he said, Saul said, take my sword, take the armor. He said, I don't want anything because I have God with me. And he walked into the battlefield and within 15 minutes, Goliath was at his feet. Amen. Hallelujah. So, lesson number one. Never try to assess a difficulty or a problem with your own resources. Put God in the middle of it. I'll give you a quick testimony and I'll move on. Uh, a few years back, or uh, I think a, a, a long time back, uh, my father had, had, had children homes. And uh, um, it was financially getting very difficult for him to keep up with those children homes and he was at a, 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 a point where he was going to close them down. These were around 200 children who were going to go back on the streets and miraculously out of nowhere God brings us to Daniel. And he says that I'm going to support each one of them from the church. And it's been 10 years now, 8 years now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When all doors are closed, when you try to solve a problem with your own resources, it doesn't happen. But suddenly, miraculously, out of nowhere, there will be a door which will be opened. And when you pass through that door, you're going to see the light. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lesson number two begins in verses 8 to 11. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there's a lad here with, uh, which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there were much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and disciples to them that were sat down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would do. Hallelujah. Now here, another disciple is being brought into focus. Now this is, um, this is Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Right? Now he comes to Jesus. And a kid just walks up to Andrew and, 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 and um, he says that I have five barley loaves and I have two fishes. I'm willing to give this to you if it helps you in feeding the people. So Andrew takes that and he goes to Jesus and he says, there's a boy here who's ready to give us his food. But he follows that up with something he should not have. He says, what are they among so many? The first part of his sentence was good. He should have stopped there. He should have said that, I, that there's a boy here who's going to give uh, his food. If you bless, then we can feed the people. But no, he says, what are they among so many? Hallelujah. Now, there are two things which happen here when the boy brings his food to Jesus. 
and he gives the food to Jesus. He's transferring whatever he has to Jesus. And once Jesus gets it, Jesus then transforms it into something which will feed 5,000 people. Which is what I was telling you when I started. When you transfer your life to Jesus, he's going to do miraculous things from your lives. You are going to be a blessing on a multitude of people. I want to ask you this question today. Have you transferred everything you have to Jesus? Because without transferring, there is no transformation which is going to take place. You have to transfer everything you have. And once you transfer everything you have, you don't worry about all the materialistic things around you because you know Jesus is going to take care of you. He is going to take care of everything you need because you've transferred everything you've had to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know that this boy who brought his food, he bought five barley loaves and two small fishes. Now these are not your Subway six-inch bread. This is small barley loaves and two small sardine-type fishes, right? I want you to imagine that in your head as we go ahead with the story, right? So Jesus takes the bread and he takes the fishes in his hand. And I'm assuming that when the bread and the fishes are in the hand, they're thinking, I am in the, in, in the hands of my Savior, the fishes are looking up at Jesus. Oh my God, I'm in the hands of my Savior. I am so blessed. And what does Jesus do? He blesses. So the fishes think, the Savior is blessing me. Hallelujah. But what happens after that? Jesus starts breaking them. My, my, my father has, has, has uh, had, had told this about this scripture. He said that, Without a blessing, there is no breaking. And without a breaking, there is no blessing. So if you have got a blessing in your life today, get ready to be broken. Because Jesus is going to break you next. And if you are being broken today, remember that a blessing is on its way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus blesses the food and starts breaking it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he's, he, he, he breaks the food and he distributes it in all his 12 disciples. Now, all his 12 disciples are standing here. Jesus breaks the food and gives it to his 12 disciples. Now, I want you to imagine that you've got the food. You're one of the disciples and you've got the food in your hand and you're looking at it. I am able to imagine Peter look at the hand and say, man, am I going to feed these people with this? Am I really going to feed these people with this? And he turns around and sees 5,000 people. They actually uh, 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 say that there were 5,000 men apart from women and children. So I'm assuming there might be around eight to 12,000 people which were, which were fed that day. It's not a miracle of feeding 5,000. It's actually much more than 5,000 because it's only 5,000 men. Hallelujah. Now, lesson number two is a solid biblical fact. Little 
is much when God is in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lesson number one, never assess your difficulty with your resources. Lesson number two, little is much when God is in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Peter is looking at his hand and he's thinking that, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So then I'm sure he remembers the day when he was trying to fish all night and he caught nothing. And when Jesus comes to him and he says, go deep. And he says, I, I've, I've done that for so much time. I've not caught anything. But I'm going to obey you. And he goes and their nets broke with the catch which they had that day. So again, Peter might be thinking that, okay, I'm going to obey him. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what he says. And Jesus take the, takes the loaves, verse 11, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down. Hallelujah. Now, the, the disciples take the food in their hand. Now, uh, uh, the scripture says that Jesus had everybody sit down in groups of 50s and groups of 100s so that it's easier for the distribution. So the, so the uh, uh, disciples take the food in their hand and they start distributing. They go to the first row and give a little food because they have little. And then they go to the, the, the second row. They realize, oh, I have little more. They start giving it to the second row. And once they come back, they say, oh, I have a little more. They go to the third row and then they realize that they had more than what they were given and that's when they realized that I have miracle food in my hand I this is never going to get over the only thing I have to do is get rid of it the more I get rid of it the more I'm going to get hallelujah hallelujah so they start giving and giving and giving and giving and at the end of it Jesus says verse number 12 when they were filled he said unto his disciples gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost lesson number 3 only Jesus can satisfy hallelujah this this words the first half of the when they were filled five barley loaves and two small fishes when they were filled 5,000 people apart from women and children. Five barley loaves and two fishes. Hallelujah. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain and nothing be lost. In the next verse, it tells us how much was left over. Twelve baskets full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. I have a son, he's eight years old, and uh, him and me had, had, had gone to uh, one of the churches. They had invited me uh, uh, to preach, so I had taken him along. After the service got over, um, we had lunch, and he liked the lunch very much, so he, he ate, and he ate, and he ate. And at the end of it, he looks at me and says, Dad, um, I want to eat more, but I'm full. I can't eat no more. Uh, so can we just take a box? So I said, okay, we can do that. Um, and we were on the way back, and 30 minutes into the drive, he says, uh, Dad, do you have chips? I'm hungry. 
I looked at him, I said, I thought you, you, were, you were full. He said, no, I'm hungry. So, here in this scripture, it says that the people came back again the next day because they were hungry. Now, when you try to feed your natural hunger, that is what happens. Which is why Jesus says, don't try to satisfy your natural hunger. Hunger for your spiritual fullness. Hallelujah. Jesus never meant them to be that. Verse number 24, when the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they took shipping and came unto Capernaum seeking for Jesus. They worked hard, they toiled, they walked, and what for? Who doesn't like a free meal? Where's the man who frees us? Let's follow him, let's go there. And in verses 26 and 27, Jesus calls them out and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And then he says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is not your, your physical hunger or your natural hunger which you need to be worried about. It is your spiritual hunger which you should hunger for. In John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth in me shall never thirst. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's not talking about natural hunger. He's not talking about the hunger which you feel after you've eaten a big meal. He's talking about your spiritual hunger. And he will never let you go hungry. He will never let you thirst. Only Jesus can satisfy. Now lesson number four is this. Every difficulty which comes into your life, Jesus brings that difficulty into your life to enhance or enrich your life. He doesn't bring it into your life just because he's saying, okay, this guy has no problems, let me give him a problem. No. He's bringing that problem into your life for a reason. And he's trying to enrich your life through that problem. I want to give you a testimony from my life. When I was a small child, um, we, used to, we used to stay in a different city and we moved to a, a, a different city because my, my father wanted to move or expand his ministry. Um, I, think I, I, I think I was four or five years old. Uh, my mother was paralyzed on her left. And when they did scans, they realized that there was a tumor in her brain. Now, the doctor said that there are two things which can happen. First one is she will not live. The second one is even if she lives, she will be handicapped for the rest of her life. That's what the doctors had said. And they said that she has to be operated today. 
And my father didn't have a lot of money, so he went and he, he uh, 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 took loans from family and friends and, and, and all of that and, and got ready for the surgery. But my mom said no for the surgery. Now, the reason my mom said no for the surgery is because she had to shave off her head. And she said, I'd rather die than go against the word of God. But my father has said that, uh, uh, I mean, we have three small kids and they need their mother, so let's just do the surgery. So the surgery was, was planned for the next day and she was on her hospital bed and, and, and she had a, a, a vision. She saw somebody at the door um, and he had a basket in his hand and he comes inside the room and she says, who are you? And he says that, I've got some eggs in this basket. I want you to put that in the fridge. And she looks at him and she says, are you crazy? I am paralyzed from the left. I can't get up. And he said, no, you can get up. And she tried and she got up. She picked up the basket and she went and put the eggs in the, in the fridge and came back and lied down on the bed. And she went, what, what was this? I am paralyzed. I am not supposed to get up. I can't get up. And he said, the number of eggs which you put in the fridge are the number of years I've added on to your life. Now the next day, my father comes in the morning and says that we are ready for surgery. She tells him this and, uh, uh, and he says that I don't have time for this. Your surgery is in the next 30 minutes. I've already paid for the surgery. I don't have money for another CT scan. And she says that you don't, there, 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 there will not be a surgery if you get the scan done. So they went in for the scan and uh, 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 in, the, in, the, in the scan, there was no tumor. Hallelujah. It has been 35 years since then. My mother walks properly. She has, not, there, she has no problem with the brain from then. If she took three to six months to get recovered, but never has she had a problem with the brain again. Hallelujah. I would have not had a mother if it was not for him. Every difficulty which comes into your life comes to enrich or enhance your life. Not to put you down or not to say that you're, 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 you're dirt. It comes into your life to enrich your life. Hallelujah. Now, after this miracle which happened, Jesus wants to test his disciples. He says, okay, the lessons have been given. That's the principle, right? You go to school, you go to college, you learn something, and they put you under a test. I always fail my exams, but okay. You, you undergo a test, right? So Jesus says, uh, uh, it's test time. Get into the ship. So they get into the ship, and I'm assuming... I'm taking you back, gather the fragments, there are 12 baskets left, there are 12 disciples, so I'm safely assuming that each disciple had a basket in his hand when he got into the boat. Something to remind them about the miracle which happened in the morning. Now they've got into the boat, the boat takes off, and there's a, there's a storm around. What do they do? The first thing they do is they get scared. They get scared that the boat is going to capsize. They're scared that they're going to lose their lives. They have something which is going to remind them of the miracle which happened in the morning. 
Verse 52, they remembered not the miracle of the loaves. So Jesus looks at them from outside because he's out on land. We, we read that in the scripture. And he goes, man, I just taught them. So I have to show them something else. So he starts walking on water towards them. They say he would have passed them, but then they look at him, and what do they do? They get scared again. How many times are you going to get scared? You get scared if there's a storm. You get scared if you see Jesus. They think that it's a spirit. It's a ghost walking towards them because they've never seen a man walking on water. They don't even think that it's Jesus. They have lived with Jesus. They're living. He, they know him by faith. They know how tall he is. They know what he wears. They still think it's a ghost. And Jesus has to come and say, don't be afraid. It is I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So essentially, in, in the walking on the water, Jesus is telling us, he's looking at his disciples and he's saying, boys, whatever you think is above your head is below my feet. Lesson number five. Whatever is above your head, if the water is above your head, the water is below my feet. Hallelujah. He's telling his disciples that through these miracles, you have to learn to get through the troubles of life. When you are faced by a storm, don't be afraid. I'm going to take you back to Egypt. When Moses brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and they saw the army of Pharaoh coming, the first thing they did was they got scared. They said, did you bring us out here in the wilderness to kill us? We were happy in captivity. Why have you brought... Don't be afraid. That's the first thing which Moses turns around and tells them. Don't be afraid. So in your lives, if there's a problem which is, which is in your life today and you're scared of what's going to happen tomorrow, you know what the scripture says? It says, don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is a response to the word of God. Have faith. Faith is... I've, uh, uh, um, I've always... Um, like I said, I grew up in a, in a preacher's uh, uh, house. And I've always seen a lot of people uh, uh, getting healed. I've seen a lot of people getting miracles in their lives. This, the, the, the story which I told about my mother is just one of them. There are so many miracles which have happened in my life, which I, if I start telling you all of those, I don't have time. There are so many miracles which happen around us. Let's not look at those miracles. Let's look at everlasting life. Let's come to Jesus. Let's, let's become servant. Jesus came into this world as a servant to serve and not to be served. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at the scripture. Let's look at everlasting life. Your, your gift is not in this life. It's after. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's stand up on our feet today. Let's glorify the God. Let's magnify God. Let's tell Him how much He means to us. 
let's, let's look at him, let's look at him and say that God, I want to come to you not for your miracles, not to satisfy my, spirit, my natural hunger, but I come to you for spiritual hunger. I hunger from my spirit, Jesus. Today is the day to get baptized. Today is the day to get Holy Spirit. Today is the day to repent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's going to be a day very soon where the trumpet is going to be blown. Where the gates of heaven are going to open. Let's not forget the coming of Christ. Let's remember that he's going to come and take us from here. There's going to be a day when the doors are going to be open. And I am waiting for that day for my Savior to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want the Savior to come and take me in His arms. I want to look at His face and say, I am in the hands of my Savior. I am ready to get blessed. But I am also ready to get broken. I am ready, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I honor the pastor of the church for giving me this opportunity. I thank God for giving me these words from his, uh, uh, from his scriptures. Thank you. God bless you all. Stay up here with me. Stay up here with me. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. I said I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. Mm. Uh, someone shout lessons from the loaves. I'll tell you what I hear today. I hear something that resonates in our spirit, and that is, don't be afraid. Hannah, God's got his hand on your life. Don't be afraid. You're going places. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Christ died for me, and he is my Savior. And I've got to be careful not to let the enemy, listen, the enemy loves to kick your tires. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he loves to walk around and kick the tires of the car. He's not a buyer. He can't do anything. He doesn't have the keys, but he loves to kick your tires. God is here to speak to somebody that says, I'm afraid, Pastor. I don't know about tomorrow. Is there a recession? What about war? What about rumors of war? What about this or that or the other? And God is here to speak to all of us. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, please don't be afraid. Come on, say it. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because why? Come on. Look at your other neighbor and say, because God is with me. Because God is with me. Because God is with me. Don't be afraid. Because God is with me. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you need to give back to Jesus. But I'll tell you right now, God is here pleading with you to speak a word. Do you need to repent? Do you need to get baptized? Do you need to receive that amazing Holy Spirit? I don't know what you need today, but I know that I huh, am going to be right here to be with you today. I want my usher, somebody to bring me uh, one of our offering buckets, if they will, from outside. I want to receive an offering, but I don't want to just receive an offering. I want you to bring a love gift, something out of love. This man is coming to us from India. We support their missions and their ministry 
ministry. You're going to hear more about that at our Christmas service this year. I cannot wait for them to tell us all the things that we're going to be doing in specific to be those children homes. You may not know this, but Pineview Church, you built a complete orphanage there in India and you helped feed over 200 kids every single day. You have helped serve over a million meals to children you've never met. This is the man that's now going to lead that endeavor. He's going to be our apostle in India. He is going to be our preacher to those that we'll never meet. He's going to be a man of God to help us to reach people that will never be able to shake their hand. But in the spirit, eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. I pray today that your storm doesn't make your vision grow weary. If you're online today, I hope that you will join with us as you will give as on our app or on our website. You can find a link right here in our uh, Facebook post here today. I pray today that you that are here will help this man of God, help Pineview. I'm going to give him an offering whether you participate or not. So you're going to give him an offering today, but help me participate. Be blessed. Someone shout, be blessed. Be blessed. Let the blessing of God flow through you to a a people that need your help. Let the blessing of God flow through you so that you too can be blessed. Today, I want us to do this. I want you to just bring an offering. But I don't want you just to bring an offering. I want you to bring it, and I want you to come, and I want you to stay. I want you just to stay right here just for a minute. I won't hold you. I just want us to pray together. And I want this dear brother to come amongst us. And we're going to lay hands on him, anoint him, and we're going to pray over him today. But if you have a need, if you're a guest here today, we we know you have choices to to worship. We're so thankful that you have joined us. Please feel no obligation. This is for those. This is free will. This is exactly, we don't do this often. But today, if you need prayer in your body, I'm going to be right here and I'd love to pray with you. Guests, you are welcome to come to this place. You're welcome to sit right where you're at or if you need to leave, no problem. We want to be a part of your life and a part of your relationship with God as you journey towards heaven as we talked about eternal life. Eternal life. Someone say eternal life. I want, I want, Sister Whitney, will you hand me that other bucket right there, please, pretty please. And I want, uh, can you put that just on the edge of that platform for me? Thank you, Sister Whitney. So from wherever you might be, if you feel comfortable and you'd like to join us, I want you to gather yourself. I want you to gather an offering. If you need to give online, you can do that. You can go to our app. You can go online. Come from every player. Come on. There you go. And I believe, I believe you, I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Come on, stay up here. Come on, just for a minute. No oh, yeah. And I believe. Come on, everywhere from everybody. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. the mountain. And I believe. Yeah. You can do it again. Oh, yeah. Where there was no way. Oh, and I believe, yeah, that you can do it again. I see you move. I see you move. You move the mountain. 
was no way yeah, yeah. And I believe oh. I see you do it again I see you move You move You move a mountain And I believe I see you do it again Pastor me made a way Lisa Where there was no Pastor Meet. Come on how many believe this is a man of God? What a beautiful message this morning. Amen. Pastor Amit. Someone say, Pastor Amit. Pastor Amit. I want you to remember, right? Like you're meeting somebody, Amit. You're meeting somebody. Remember, put a face and name and word association together, Pastor Amit. What a man of God. I'm so thankful that you are here this morning. Oh, we are so glad. Amen. Amen. Pastor Safan, can you help me today? Our elders, I'd like every one of you, if you don't mind, and you feel comfortable in doing so, I would love for us to just gather around this man as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a man that we're sending as our hands and our feet as he serves the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is such, uh, his father has done, your dad, your dad, uh, I'm praying that God will allow you to rise to the occasion, right? You already are. You're an amazing preacher, by the way, right? You did just great, yeah. yeah. But I want God to bless you and your children and your children's children and their children's children. I want God to put blessings in your finances. I want God to put blessings in your health. I want God to gird up your wife right now with angels around her, protect and keep. I want God to send before you all the angels that need to go before you so you can have favor with the government. You can have favor in every place that you walk. You can have favor with business. You can have favor with those that you work with and those that you affect. We declare in the name of Jesus that you are going to have victory in every place that you set your foot by the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in the name that's above every name, we declare victory in India. We declare revival in India. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you touch every child. All those street children, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. That you bless those orphanages, God. You bless those children's homes. Let them have favor amongst government. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, church. Let's pray today. Come on. Let's have it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of somebody say in Jesus' name. Now, if you know something in your life you need declared today, why don't you lift your hands all over this house. Father, we declare victory in every home, every health, every body that is in deed. Lord, I pray that you give them health, that you allow your spirit to gird them up in the Holy Ghost, that you allow yourself to, Lord, allow themselves to find themselves in you, God, in your house, in your place, Father. I pray by the name and the blood of Jesus that you give each and every one of us strength for tomorrow let us not be afraid father let us go forth and fear not 
for you are with us. Thy rod and thy staff, it comforts us because you prepare a place for us. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Go forth into a world that needs Jesus. Be a light in a dark world this week. Let God arise, right? Let God arise. Let his enemies scatter. In Jesus' name, go forth into the community and love people for Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer today, I'll, I'll be right here. I would love to pray with you. One of our pastors would love to pray with you. In Jesus' name.